Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. going on guys welcome to another post game recap here on dime dropper before we get started please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at youtube at dime dropper podcast apple podcast follow us on spotify and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at twitter instagram and facebook and tiktok at dime dropper pod for tonight's episode it's gonna be a short one before the holidays here obviously no games tomorrow on christmas eve so we will wish you and all your families here at dime dropper a very merry christmas and we will not be going live on christmas eve but on christmas day i will not be having a family event till the next day for whatever reason just didn't work out in the schedules so I will be going live on Christmas night to recap the Christmas games. It's always been a tradition of mine to watch all the Christmas games. But obviously, this season, there's going to be a lot of guys in COVID protocols. So a lot of those games are going to be, as most regular season games are in today's NBA, mediocre and doesn't feel very important. And But that being said, I will still bring you a recap for all you guys as my Christmas gift to you guys. So before we get started... You know, Super Chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar or a dime, this episode going on the Spotify and Apple podcast version. I did not get the last one on. And as per the tradition of the Lakers getting their cheeks clapped, there are not that many people in the live tonight. So let's hope. We'll see. But hey, shout out to the extra hundred of you guys that come and watch it by the time I wake up in the morning. So shout out to all you guys that don't come live, East Coast guys or whoever that always watch the lives in the morning. Shout out to all you guys worldwide. Anyway, make sure to leave a comment on the video, boost our algorithm, let's get back into the favor of these guys, because shit, end in 2021 on a not so great uh, run, let's get back to where we were during the playoffs for 2022, it's going to be a big year for Dime Dropper, guys, we need to really make advances this year, and we will. But let's start with a team that's not making any advances, and that's the Lakers. They're playing the Spurs tonight in the last game at the Staples Center name, and let me just say, guys, you know I'm as sentimental and emotional of a fan as they come. And I am very sentimental to the Staples Center name, the red signage that has been the stadium of my childhood since 1999. Well, at the end of the day, guys, it's just a name. A name of a place that we go for, make business cards, get some three-ring binders, and get that big four-color pen before the first day of school. At the end of the day, the building is still going to be on Figueroa and Chickern Court. People are acting as if they're tearing down the stadium like it's the form of the Boston Garden. Too much emotional, weird stuff going on, especially with the Lakers' social media team. You guys won five rings there. Well, guess what? You're still playing there tomorrow. It's just going to be under the name of Crypto. So tonight at the Crip, the Staples got absolutely destroyed by the Spurs, just as my Clippers got destroyed by the Spurs. So shout out to the Spurs, you know, came in here and gave both LA teams a nice ass whooping before the change of the stadium name. Uh, I feel like I was telling, I was telling my dad, uh, it was maybe just symbolic of all the years that Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Monty Ginobili used to come to LA and just take a dump on us. Uh, and <laughs> both teams, to be honest, but 
Let's get into the breakdown. Lakers-Spurs. Lakers just came off a bad loss to the Suns. Of course, still no Anthony Davis. Now today we hear that Trevor Ariza, one of the few bright spots I noted in the last live, is also in COVID protocols. So now the Lakers are starting out with the lineup of LeBron, Russ, THT, Wayne Ellington, and a well-made change tonight. Dwight Howard in for DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan only got seven minutes, and to be fair, he wasn't as bad as usual. The Lakers are already in a pretty big hole at that point. But I talked to you guys about the THT, Russ, LeBron trio. I don't really like it. But, you know, who else are the Lakers going to start, really, with how shorthanded they are? There's no Avery Bradley. There's no Malik Monk. There's no Austin Reeves. So, you know, unless you start Carmelo, that really gives you nothing off the bench in terms of firepower, unless you want to put THT off the bench with Isaiah and Rondo, but that's even worse because at least Carmelo is a forward, likes to play off the ball. So THT kind of right now is being forced to start with LeBron and Russ, and I think that they actually did a better job tonight of getting THT some touches early, different kinds of touches, and I think Russell Westbrook was the sacrificial guy in that in that uh stretch of the first quarter where he didn't shoot much LeBron was very aggressive again to start in scoring mode but again what did I say last game about LeBron it seems like when he tries to go scoring mode and like really attack like a Kobe Jordan type of like I'm just gonna keep scoring it just doesn't seem to get everybody else involved and I know what it is now now that I'm older and starting to realize it it's because of how long he takes to get to his move he holds the ball so long it really kills rhythm and flow like a lot of times when I watch Kobe get off he gets off but he takes five seconds or less to get into a shot and that way all the other people touch the ball the possession is moving quick you know you're getting back on defense quick the game is moving faster I had a feeling that the Spurs were just kind of playing at a faster pace they're younger I don't know how much they killed them on fast break points let's take a look on the fast break point disparity I don't think it was extremely high so yeah the Lakers actually had more fast break points than them 12 to 10 but that's why I say you can't just look at the stats you got to watch the game it seemed like the Spurs were really pushing that pace, they were getting easier shots, they were moving the ball quicker in transition, and it seemed like they were just getting open shots, and many possessions as the game went on, the Lakers were slow getting back on offense, you know, you can say that's a part of maybe the lack of bodies that they have, but it's also just like, how many times are we going to talk about the Lakers' lack of effort this season? They have no motivation, and again, to me, it starts at the top, LeBron was attacking and making shots in the beginning of the game, THT on the other hand, he is a player that's out of form right now. You know, he started gaining confidence as the game went on, but in the beginning, he's like, you know, hasn't really attacked and tried to get into his stuff like he did tonight in a couple of games. We talked about how he was exclusively a spot-up shooter in the last game against Phoenix. And tonight, he started to come off screens a little harder, tried to attack the basket, and... He did a decent job of that. He just was getting blocked and not finishing in the beginning. And it just looked like he was not in form. You know, he wasn't, he hasn't been doing this lately. And as the game went on, though, he started to get going. But the Lakers were down by nine after the first because they could not get stops throughout the game. I don't even remember if the Lakers could get three stops consecutively at any point of the game. You look at the points overall, every quarter. This is how many points the Spurs scored per quarter. 33 in the first 33 in the second, 39 in the third, and 33 in the fourth. So three quarters, they scored 33 points, and in every quarter, they scored 33 or more. You're never going to win basketball games playing that shitty of defense. Never. And the Lakers, you know, we've talked about it. They don't have good defensive personnel. Their best defender and anchor in Anthony Davis is not playing now. 
So that means everyone's effort and attention to detail has to be high. But the communication and attention to detail is not high because these guys have not played with each other much. You know, LeBron, THT, and, and Howard, or Dwight, THT, Russ, and LeBron are like the only players that were guaranteed rotation players from day one of the season. I guess you could say Melo too. THT actually missed the beginning of the season. And Melo's not a great defender anyway. And Dwight Howard usually runs with the second unit as it is. So, like, again, these lineups, these certain guys in this Laker team, outside of, like, LeBron and Russ, they don't really have defensive communication. There's no defensive chemistry here. You know, what I say about defensive teams, especially in today's NBA when it's all pick-and-roll defense, pick-and-roll defense is a lot of effort, knowing your coverages, who to switch on, what guys you're going to go drop coverage on, are you going to show and recover on a certain guy? And you got to know where each other is or each other are, and you need to be communicating with each other and being ready for the next pass. And the Lakers did none of that. The Lakers do not do not communicate. They have constant miscommunications, constant lapses in concentration. They do not have any elite on-ball defenders. They die on every screen, which forces Dwight Howard to come up, and the rotations were non-existent tonight. Yes, they took away DeJounte Murray's floaters and DeJounte Murray's looks. That's why DeJounte was 3 of 16, 1 of 5 from 3, and he still missed a good amount of decent looks. But the Spurs got open threes. The Lakers got a solid amount of open threes, but they could not hit, and a lot of their threes were later in the shot clock because LeBron and Russ pounded the ball so much. And here's the thing, LeBron and Russ, and this is why you cannot be box score watchers, and this is why if you have not hooped before, you kind of don't notice these things because you're just like, oh, you're looking at the end result of the possession. You're not looking at the game flow and how guys move and how guys work and what they need, what you need to bring the best out of them. Basketball, you know, when everyone touches the ball, it does not hurt in this game. Because at the end of the day, this these are NBA players. And James Worthy and Robert Ory, two guys that have won three rings apiece, were talking about it and talking about how as good as LeBron and Russ were in terms of scoring and efficiently, you know, LeBron, 15 to 26 from the field. Westbrook, 12 to 20 from the field, you know, 60%. And you can look at everybody else and say, oh, no, they got no help. Well, that's true to some extent, but they take too long with their offense. They take too long to get going. They don't move the ball. The Laker offense is very stagnant. You know, everyone stands around without the ball. They do not move the ball. And, you know, they make passes after 9 or 10 seconds of dribbling. It's just how many guys are going to really get to touch the ball? How many quick, good exchanges do you have? At least San Antonio with Greg Popovich, no matter what their personnel is, you know they're going to try to move the ball. They made some great extra passes tonight. They were getting a ton of open threes. And as a result, you know, Derek White was one of them. 4 of 6 from 3, 7 of 11 from the field, 23 points. That was the leading starter for the Spurs in terms of points. And he made up for the fact that Keldon Johnson and DeJounte didn't shoot well. Keldon Johnson, 4 of 14 from the field and 2 of 7 from 3. But Keita Bates-Diop and Lonnie Walker were just ridiculous. 21 points for Lonnie Walker. A lot of open threes. A lot of them. You know, the Spurs had 50 rebounds tonight. Lakers 48. So again, they didn't get totally out-rebounded. But it just seemed like the Spurs were quicker, more athletic, more lively. You know, they were making the Lakers work harder for the shot. Stu was talking about in commentary, the Lakers, they offer no resistance. They don't make anything tough on their opponents at all. Anything. You know, they're, they're not there on the rotations. They, again, as I said, they have no communication. Russ and LeBron set no tone on defense tonight. You want to talk about their offense? Cool. They didn't move the ball. They just took turns isolating, and they didn't play defense. And that doesn't set a good team tone. 
You know, you can't just expect these guys to take turns. You know, unless Melo is shooting extremely well and, you know, Isaiah Thomas and THT are shooting well and Wayne Ellington shooting well, you know, that ISO style, it, it's going to, oftentimes, it, not only does it take guys out of rhythm, even though I, didn't, I don't think any one person was really taken out of rhythm, Melo had eight shots, you know, Ellington had nine shots, and Ellington just did not play very well, one of his poor games. And as I said, when that guy's not making shots, he's not really doing much. I think he plays serviceable defense, but I guess maybe James uh, Big Shot Rob was right when, when he was saying that. I mean, I know this is true because I've played basketball before, but, you know, when there's certain guys that when they're not making shots, their defensive effort, and that happens for, it's true for a lot of players, honestly, most players, but especially certain guys, when they're not hitting shots, their defensive effort is just not there. And Wayne Ellington may fall into that category. You know, when he's when he's making shots, he's out there defending. But when he's not making shots, he's a non-entity in the game. And that was tonight. And Robert Ory may have had a good point there. He didn't say that about Ellington specifically, but he said that about a lot of role players in the league. And tonight, I just don't think that it's not about the amount of shots that they got. I think they still got enough chances to get in rhythm. It's just about the team rhythm, the flow, the lack of ball movement, the lack of movement off the ball. And, you know, this is just a common trend with LeBron teams. Uh, And, you know, Russ is, I think he pushes the ball faster, but he still likes to hold the ball. And they're just not a good fit for each other at all. They can get their stats and whatnot. But they're not setting any tone defensively. And that starts with LeBron. I don't expect anything out of Russ on that end anymore. Because I just don't think he's that good of a defender anymore. He's part of the, the a lot of Laker guards that just die on screens. You know, they die on screens, they force the big man to come up, and then there's no rotation. LeBron wasn't rotating, Melo doesn't know what he's doing, and credit to the Spurs, they had a lot of plays where it was very creative, really good sets where the rotation was very hard, and they had to cover a lot of distance to rotate. And the Lakers, they they managed to score a little bit, especially with LeBron and uh, Russ, but they just could not string together any stops or make the big three to extend a run and force Popovich to call timeout. Uh, they just could not gain any ground. The third quarter was a foul convention. It was fouls left and right. It took an hour, and it was really boring. But I will, I'd will i say I did like some offensive stuff for the Lakers. Like some of them were trying to post up deep, and the Spurs had to foul to prevent a layup. That was good stuff. They couldn't defend. And Melo, what's up with Melo missing free throws? Two of five from the line? That's just not good enough. The Lakers shot 17 of 30 from the foul line. Five of nine for Westbrook. You know, he's got to make more. Westbrook, five turnovers. More turnovers than assists. Only four assists. LeBron, six assists, three turnovers. The turnovers honestly weren't too high for the Lakers. But I also think LeBron, seven threes. You know, I know he's been shooting a lot of threes this season, but there are times where they're down like 12, and it's like, dude, we don't need a contested three right now. And I'm saying we as in I'm imagining myself as a Laker fan there, you know. But I'm not saying LeBron played badly. I thought he played well, but I just don't think that that style is, is conducive to winning in his the way he plays. It doesn't bring the best out of him uh, just score, looking to score every time in the beginning. And they got to look to attack a little more. But it's also a tough spot for LeBron because he has to score because AD's out. So it's like... It's really tough. I think teams just may be comfortable letting LeBron get his and, like, you know, making the team lose rhythm. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. It's LeBron, he scores, but he just takes a lot, long time. They got to find a way to put – they don't push the pace. That You know, me and the Lake Show talked about it on the preview before the season. The Lakers need to push the pace, but they're just too slow. They're just too slow, and they don't get enough stops to do it. Um, the Spurs just blew him out, and they made Kidd Bates Diop look like freaking Carmelo in his prime tonight. Uh, 30 points, guys, for Keita Bates-Diop. 30 points, and uh, you didn't miss one shot. 11 of 11 from the field and 3 of 3 from 3. I mean, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, LeBron, 36 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 15 of 26 from the field and 2 of 7 from 3. A very solid night shooting the ball, but too much ball pounding for me. 
and no defensive intensity, and and I just don't think he moved the ball enough and didn't try to get his teammates going enough. I think he let THT, and that's another thing. THT likes to pound the ball too, so it's three ball pounders. You know, the ball doesn't really move. You know, there's not many guys with spontaneous off-ball movement or that come off down screens for some curls or, you know, dribble handoffs. They should try to run some dribble handoffs with LeBron curling, honestly, or Russ curling. Or maybe LeBron should have set more screens tonight. Like, I think they're just switching a lot of that action. And then LeBron did some good job going one-on-one, but uh, it's just, I don't, the reason why everyone says, yeah, LeBron, of course LeBron could, could average 30. Yeah, he could, but his team doesn't win when he plays this way. You know, I think it's better when he, you know, honestly scores a little less and tries to facilitate more, but I think he honestly let the game come to him to a large extent. I just think that he let the game come to him and he went ISO and he just took too long to get into his stuff. And Russell Westbrook, he got going a little bit later, but he at times takes too long to get into his stuff. And the Lakers just didn't get back, and their defense is just shit. Uh, THT ended up with 13 points on 5 of 13. Russ had 30. So LeBron and Russ combined for 66 points on 27 of 46 shooting, which is fantastic. But it just doesn't tell the full story. And big game James Worthy and big shot Rob backed me up on that. And they're Hall of Famers. So if you don't believe this kid behind the microphone, you can believe a Hall of Famer finals MVP that dropped a triple-double in game seven. Thank you very much. Anyways, the final score from Staples Center for the last time. The Staples Center, except I'm going to keep calling it that because the crypto sounds kind of cringe though. 138 to 110, the Spurs, the Lakers dropped to 16 and 17, continuing their absolutely entertaining train wreck of a season that I'm enjoying thoroughly after the buzz made about their new big three and their championship clinch before the season even began by many media fans, fanboys, and D-riders. But... The Lakers now are in sixth place somehow. The Western Conference is the worst it's been in probably all my time watching basketball, guys. Uh, but my Clippers sitting in fifth place, 17-15 and 15 upon the holiday season, despite some terrible performances, Paul George being injured, and a lot of COVID for our forwards. And, of course, don't forget, number two, the claw, sitting on the wings, making albums and designing new balances hopefully getting ready to return at some point in the near future. That's it for me tonight, guys. A happy holidays to all of you listening on Spotify and Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts, wherever you may be. I always enjoy this, uh, bringing these recaps to you guys. I appreciate y'all for listening. Make sure you leave a comment on the YouTube. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat, the very kind 10 of you tonight on a Laker Massacre Night. Peace.